1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. Oh, Detroit, City of Champions, championship production, championship stories, <laughs> championship team. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. <laughs> and and you, you left out two important things, Jamie. Yeah. These sweet championship banners we oh got Oh, my God, us. yes. <laughs> is the headphone banner behind me looks like I'm wearing the you, headphones. Yours, is, yours, yours got that electric blue. That thing is sweet. Mine's got the seat. Mine's got the uh, the, the crest on it. So people uh, on, on Facebook or YouTube... Uh, checking out the videos, there's uh, we got a couple cool banners. Yeah, our banners uh, are awesome. We love them. A podcast your voice because we're recording in the uh, podcast your voice studios on the border of Berkeley, Michigan, and Southfield, Michigan. And uh, yeah, so if you want to make a podcast, we can help you do that. And uh, but yeah, so we're here. Podcast your voice. There's the one, and then the city of champions. Uh, Jamie's got new awesome stickers. Jamie's got new stickers. Stickers. There's stickers. There's buttons. It's stickers all kinds printed. of. We got buttons. All yeah, kinds we got of all swags. Kinds. We, we want to. Yeah, we got swag now. <laughs> we got the banners. The behind t-shirt. Us. Uh, it's awesome. So it's a yeah, whole new studio in here. Wearing, we love it. Wearingfunny.com is a, if you want a, a Detroit city of champions. I, I love this crest, man, because it's got a lion. It's got a tiger. It's got the red wings yeah. on it. It's uh, every single component means something, and, and it's got it, everything. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, blazon, the blazon, 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 yeah, blazon. Yeah, blazon, yeah. blazon. Uh, it's great. It's a, a star with thirty points on it that yeah. uh, represents all thirty. We got thirty three on. There's thirty it. points. on Oh yeah, that thirty star. because we got the three the, stars. The three stars across the banner. Yep. So yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. So wearingfunny.com. There's all kinds of cool stuff at that website as well. Uh, so check that out if you're a pet parent. Uh, we do that. I do an animal talk podcast. There's all kind of fun pet parent stuff on there. Uh, WearingFunny.com. But hey, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, leave a comment if you're listening. We appreciate you. Um, Chris, who helped design this, uh, is always a shout out to Chris for helping design these things. Uh, and and a shout out to everybody who listens. We really um, appreciate you. Every we we were just talking about numbers yeah. and podcasts. And, yeah, every every um, listener is just we love you guys. And man. yeah, really and and, and viewers, right? So there's people that watch on Facebook. There's people that watch on YouTube. People that find us randomly on YouTube. So uh, thanks to all of you and everybody who takes a little bit of time and, and shares a little bit of the story. Uh, so Lions, Tigers, Red Wings, all champions, along with thirty other teams. In 1935, uh, and one of those teams was the Ryder Cup team. Yes, uh, headed by Walter Hagen. Walter and Hagen. we've been talking about Walter Hagen. He won. This is the Roaring Twenties, and uh, they 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 roared through the Twenties, and then uh, Walter uh, became the captain of the Ryder Cup team. He was as, the captain. As, I think it was 12 years in a row that he, yeah. Like, when we talked about, you know, the thing we talked about with Hagen was, yeah. you know, especially from the earliest days of Walter Hagen's story. I gotta was get this, my Hagen what, golf club. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the earliest days of the Walter Hagen story was this interplay between the British and the Americans. From me, from the earliest days, like you know, when you watch that movie, the greatest game ever played. The idea was that there's these incredible British golfers that came over, and the British kind of ruled the links at that time. Yeah. And then for and over the course of the next you know twenty years, Walter got his backside handed yeah. to him at the Open. Yeah. The, the, and, and then he went back and won it four more times. Yeah. And after then he that. just like became like he said, the most all right, I'm going to win this damn incredible thing. golfer of all, ever. <laughs> but it's but the thing about it was there's always this dynamic between the, yeah. you know there was this dynamic between the the old you know the you know like the the, the old the old world or whatever yeah. you know and and, and, the, and, the, and the new world all those, you know. You know, although although England 
one of my favorite colonies. <laughs> What's your that's they 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 colonize us. No, it's, but you say that and it really oh. makes them, oh, it makes, it makes them very oh, yeah. angry. Okay, the England the tables oh, turn. One yeah. of my one of my favorite colonies. Well they but yeah, they well they, <laughs> they, they were, don't like that. No, so I'm much. sure they don't like it. You, you might have just cost us one or two listeners. <laughs> as comedy. I, I, yeah, that's I don't comedy. I don't think that about you, English. I, I love you guys and I disagree with Jamie. So don't Oh, so they're not your favorite colony. No, it's, no, they're not. And I disagree with Jamie because I don't because I think we may have a couple of, of English uh, I think we do. Actually. And I don't want to lose we them. Do. We, we do. don't want to insult our listeners. Uh, dude. We're know, trying I'm to just, keep I just, nope. I like you guys. My American, I don't think my American brothers, my Irish brothers. That's yeah, all well, I care about. Well, I'm, I'm playing in the, uh, the other, <laughs> I'm playing the other side of it so that we don't lose it. Whatever I'll listeners keep, we got. I, the Scots, love them, hug them. Yeah, no, I love the Scots. I lived over there for there years. Go, right, I've there got you a, go. a Scottish contingent that I love over there. That's man. it. It's like my second home over there. And I love then, that place. And then our favorite colony. Yeah, well, not mine. <laughs> the Americas are my, is like my favorite colony. <laughs> But they, but any, but yeah, we're not trying to lose. Uh, I'm, a tro- I'm a troublemaker. Right. Yeah, we're not trying to lose those listeners. But so, but, but there was there the, the, the rivalry. The, the rivalry is yeah, there. Yeah, they, there was that was one of the big, and that birthed the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and I talk about I talk about in the books and that is you know we, there's like all these big rivalries in sports. There's like Michigan Ohio State mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, this and that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's these rivalry Boston New York and that. It's the rivalries which you know people are like oh, I hate that team or whatever. But the yeah. thing about it is that's what. Ah. But that's what makes these sports compelling. That's what more makes these tournaments well, compelling is the rivalries. If they if those rivalries didn't exist, then nobody would care. Right. And so that was one of the big you know driving rivalries in in you know in early golf was the was the rivalry with you know England and Scotland and this, sure. the upstart Americans as sort of usual taking you know trying to take center stage. <laughs> and so that was the that you know that was the thing. And so that that you know spirit of competition of you know international competition was fostered over the years yeah. and of course you know they and they'd sought for many years to develop the Ryder Cup we you know we started talking about this in a previous episode but the but it, you know the the, the Ryder Cup went back and forth um you know over the course you know over the course of these years Hagen was um uh Hagen uh was the captain for I think it was 12 years solid and we are we did a whole we we talked about in a previous episode like Hagen picked out all these all these uh uh, you know, jerseys and you know outfits for the for the golfers to wear. Yeah. And if you look back, something that's really interesting to look at. I don't really have a slide for it, but if you just look at the uh, Ryder Cup, um, like their Ryder Cup, like dot com, their website, it shows you all the Ryder Cup teams in oh, history, yeah, yeah. and they're all wearing like every team, like the British and American. Uh, they're all wearing these, you know. They they all have uniforms, you know. They all and you can see is what's cool is that like through the seventies, eighties, nineties, you can see how those uniforms were totally adapted to. Uh, you know, to the era, you know, yeah. you can see like their their style, of, how their style changed over the course of yeah. That's an know, image of the first teams so. from twenty seven. Yeah, but they but over the course of the last eight years, they've changed. But Hagen was the one that he, we had a whole quote on, like the sartorial splendor of the team that he put together. Splendor. You know, that was yeah. his, yeah, it was his thing. Is that he was like, you know, I've made them dress in my image. You know, yeah. like he was the best yeah, yeah, dressed yeah. golfer around, and the oh, Americans were doubt. all. So they so anyways yeah so but so what you know what we what we've been leading up to all this time is that. You know, is that in 1935, um, the Ryder Cup was in New Jersey, mm. and Walter Hagen was the captain of that team, and the Ryder in the Ryder in the Americans won in New Jersey, and Hagen was the captain of that team, and Hagen was, uh, for all intents and purposes, a Detroiter. I mean, this is yeah. the Detroit claimed him. Yep. Um, Detroit featured him. Do you have that City of Champions newspaper? With all the with all the players on it, it's, somewhere it's, that's up deep. There, that's a yeah. deep dive in all the files. Oh, there no, you go. It is. It's, no, it's right. I just saw it. I just scroll down one more, a little bit. You have that news. It's just the, it, there. You go. See in the oh, very, it's in right the there. back. It's in the back. Right there. That's yeah. for the background. 
Yeah, the background. Oh, but is there any way to show that? Yeah, all right, go ahead. Keep talking. Well, so anyways, right in the center of this newspaper is Hagen. He's featured on this. This newspaper came out on April 19th, 1936. And if you look up in the top left corner, just next to Wal- uh, Garwood's face, sort of right in the center there, you just had your mouse on yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. There's Hagen right there. Okay. So Detroit showed him. They featured him on this newspaper, and they, they claimed Hagen as sure. one of their own. Okay. And you know, and for very good reason. We've already mm-hmm. talked about it. He was the first club professor in Oakland Hills. Hagen himself, in his own words, said that the, the Detroit Athletic Club was the building he was more familiar, familiar with than, than any golf club, than any building in the world. Um, and this is a guy who, as we've already expl- you know gone through, yeah. was a was just in a, a he's been he was all over the world. He was in every country. He was in every state. He was in, he was everywhere. And that for him to actually lay claim mm-hmm. to Detroit as his home, and I've got a quote that will even dive deeper into that here in a moment. Yeah. But the, but you know Hagen was you know this is you know he you know this is, he's a world traveler and he claimed you know he in all and we we've already talked about the numerous cases of. You know of these Detroit businessmen that yeah, were like yeah. bailing them out of trouble and you know setting them up and, and like mentors and, and yeah mentor types and that like the one story where you know he they, they remember the the story with the where he you know he drove the uh, that the guy um the he you know he took the the, the what was it Ford executive's car off the <laughs> off the production line <laughs> yeah the guy said the guy told him go no pick. no that's for the CEO I'm gonna take it yeah he goes no he's already got his initials on the car and he scratch goes, him up we'll t- put mine on there <laughs> <laughs> so he showed up at the hunting lodge up north they were going up north and he showed up at the hunting lodge with the CEO he goes hey car. I got a car just like that goes, coming for me he goes, that's, he goes oh uh, no kind of this one yeah, bro <laughs> yeah it's this one and he got his initials on that car. Oh, that's so, fantastic. I mean, that's what I mean. So, and that was in Detroit. And the guys, what a scamp! Yeah, and the guys, you know, they're that was the joke of the, you right, know, right. of the teeing the teeing the ball off over yeah. the Thames. You yeah, know? He's a, he's oh a yeah, character. that too. Yeah, but yeah. The, but so there, you know, there's a million great stories. But again, that you know, the story with the car up in the northern Michigan, and mm-hmm. that's another story of it. You know, him in Detroit, him in Michigan. His golf, you know, of course, his man, golf manufacturing company initially was based in Detroit. You know, he's founded it in Florida, but the club handles were all. We're all warped. It's the hand, you know, we're all the wood was all warped because it was right, made right. in Florida. So what did he do? A Detroit businessman comes down there and you know bails him out, gives him a bunch of money, and then makes him the head of like the research and development arm of the Hagen Golf Club Company. Yeah. They moved the business initially to Detroit and then to Grand Rapids. And so once again, there's you know he's do, you know his one of his main business ventures is once again Detroit based company. You know, yeah. and so it's like the the connections with Detroit are so prevalent there's so many of them and then like i said we're gonna get to a quote here in a minute but like you know detroit and you know as much of a world traveler and as much as like somebody that has been around the globe you know he's you know he himself you know he we're gonna read a quote today where he's about the first home he ever called his own you know was in was in traverse city and you know he dies in traverse city he's you know he's buried in southfield you know in in michigan he's buried in southfield in detroit you know, this guy, this is a guy who is intimately involved with um, with he, Detroit, and we claim him. And yes. we, they claimed him in 1935 as one right. of the championships, and we claim him now. Mm-hmm. And it's, and you know, and, and um, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have, you know, he's not like, you know, belongs to the, you know, to the, to the world of golf or whatever. But, you know, but like I say, in his day, and, you know, in his own words, he, re- he regarded Detroit as one of the places that was dearest to his heart, you know, as, as his home. And even in death, he's buried here. It's, you see, so he, you know, so Hagen was, um, we, you know, this is another component 
of the greatest season in the history of American sport. Right. We've got, you know, we've got the we got the rise of Joe Lewis. We have the Tigers Lions Red Wings first championships in the same season. We have the Red, the Detroit Red Wings the Red Wings minor league team, the Detroit Olympics. They win their championship a day after, so there's two professional championship uh, hockey championships in Detroit within a day of each other in this same season. We have Gar Wood, whose story we've already covered in extensive detail right. is the is perhaps the greatest sports story ever told. You know, I mean, you know, the uh, in Gar Wood, this is Gar Wood is the home. Uh, you know, is is one of is just another. He's just another guy, another person involved in this incredible season. In in Walter Hagen, nineteen thirty five, Ryder Cup captain, champion, you know, cha- champions of the Ryder Cup. You know, and it's I'm saying like, you know, we spent you know a quarter of our of the year so far yeah. talking about you know, and, and folks, this is we're we're wrapping up Hagen today, so we're so we're yeah. so we're kind of that's why we're kind of waxing nostalgic here and not particularly focused on any. You know, refined story. You know, I have a ton of notes here. We we got these notes ready. I got these notes ready. I was gonna we we're gonna do an episode on. You know, we'll be talking about PJ championships and twenty two. I got you know, it, you know, all, you know, just it's we'll get how, we'll get all how these Ameri- notes. how the Americans cross over to Britain for this. Time. The, sure, you know, but what I'm, but we're just we're walking we're waxing nostalgic today for sort of like a conclusion episode on Hagen yeah. because, um, I think we've painted a pretty good picture thus far. Yeah, about somebody that is like. Just a, like a babe, a Ruthian, uh, Ty Cobb like yeah. figure in the for the world of golf, who is an essential component of the rise of a of a sport that today, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we you know is a is a major sport. I mean, it's it's one of the, one of the most dominant sports in America and in the world. And Hagen was <laughs> occupies uh, like one of the most important uh, stories in. I mean, Hagen's story. Is the story of the rise of golf yeah. in America, yeah. and I don't know how any how you anybody can even dispute that fact. Like, what other golfer? You know, we, you know, Hagen himself. Like he talks about in the book, talks about oh, you know, Bobby Jones was also a fantastic golfer. And the debate about our two careers has raged forever about who is the better golfer. And that's you know that's a story. To, that's a debate to be had. You know, on some other channel. We're not. Yeah. I'm not going to weigh into that debate. But I will say this: which of the two was more influential, pound for pound? From you know, over the course of their careers for golf itself, mm. you could say Bobby Jones. Oh, well, he was this you know this huge figure, you know, luminary in the 1920s. He was one of these big. That's true. You know, you could you could make that case. But as far as like somebody that was there for every single major step milestone, like over the course of 20, 30, you know, twenty five year career, how can anyone argue that there was anyone more important than Walter Hagen? As far as I mean, was Bobby Jones? No, yeah. Was I mean, Bobby Jones was a tremendous golfer. Again, I'm not taking anything away from his skill, but as far as somebody that was more involved with the with the with the rise from its from its inf- really from its infancy, like Hagen began playing when they didn't even charge admission for galleries, right. and the golf clubs were just were just literally, I mean, were just like passing a hat to pay the golfers whatever the golf clubs could charge. Like he was like he was the top money get earner in World War One, which convinced them to start charging admission to galleries, which then increased the which increased the gate. Yeah. 
which then led to the to an, to even more people and better tournaments, better kept courses, more courses, and a, and a larger involvement from across the country into the sport, you know, into the prof- world of professional golf. So to call him the Babe Ruth of, uh, of golf is is almost an understatement. It, that's I I would agree exactly. You know, that's why I say a Ruthian or a Cobb, like you it, know, a combination, and, yeah. and even and even those it's two an athletes, and even those two athletes, because you know, Ruth absolutely represented a transition from yeah. sort of an early baseball into a you know the high flying high powered game of golf there's you know he had that he certainly had a tremendous impact on baseball there's no doubt yeah. about it but if you're going to compare babe ruth in the in the in the realm which in which i'm talking about as far as you know the evolution of baseball itself then ruth's game would have to go back to like 1910 mm-hmm. where they had like the small ball era you know what i mean like there was there's was hardly any you know like you know even before 1905 when like Baseball games, you know, where there was less attendance and that, and he like helped to shape attendance from the earliest day. You know, like you know the rule, like the constant rule changes and the just the evolution of baseball itself. And again, Ruth was a tremendous. You know, Ruth was a major impact. There's no trying to diminish that. But it's, but what I'm saying is, is like over the course of his career, Walter Hagen, like seemingly every single year, as we've demonstrated, like every single year. There was some another new innovation or milestone to just the 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 game of golf, in which Hagen was sitting in the vortex of yeah, yeah. was at the game or participating in the mm-hmm. game that changed everything or you know like was just part of every single innovation of golf mm-hmm. and you know we have that cartoon with uh with you know where he's in this you know this this uh, suit of armor and and you know everybody recognized like he was the guy who legitimized golf from like where everybody viewed professional golfers as just a bunch of mercenaries that were against the pure amateurism of golf itself. You know, the amateur, like if it would have been left to Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones was that, that pure hearted, you know, amateur um, that, you know, was like untainted by the professional dollars, you know, that like he, like he didn't have anywhere near that type of a, uh, of an impact on professional golf. He didn't have it. Like he didn't have that impact on professional golf. Right. Bobby Jones was an amateur. Yep. So if anything, he legitimized the idea that amateurs were the best sort of purebred, you know, pure blood players out there. Hagen was the guy that inter- that took professional golf from, from where they had to sleep in horse stalls, literally, uh, you know, literally had to sleep in the stables um, to actually being welcomed in the clubhouses of every single, you know, like being the star attractions inside the clubhouses. He brought him, he brought yeah. professional golf from the stables, literally from the horse stalls into the clubhouses. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that was him. That was him. That was not, and that's not, a, and that's not an analogy. Right. That's not a metaphor. When he went to that French Open, they literally put him in the horse stables yeah. they put him in the horse stables and and this is after he was already won the you know won you know several championships you know so he was the one the guy that ushered in that you know with that picture where he's in that suit of armor they you know every single article that we start we let off with the Hagen you know the beginning of Hagen they were all saying every single modern day professional yeah. golfer owes Hagen a debt of gratitude yeah, yeah. for in for because he, he was the guy that brought professional golf you know, again from the stables into the mainstream yep. and made these these golfers from from these you know mercenaries into superstars yep. and he was that like i mean he was that first international superstar so we talked about so, the first Ryder Cup in 27 yeah 
Um, and then, but he was all, he was still a captain in '35. I think his I think his uh, rider his captaincy in the Ryder Cup took him all the way to '39 or '40. That's crazy. Yeah. So what happened? So we 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 brought us up to 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 '35 in, in the Ryder Cup. What do you got in your notes about what was happening in in '35 in that championship year? Well, for at, at the moment, yeah. What, I think what, it was what, in what, June. So thirty-five in June, it was like right in the middle. Of, I think it was in June. That's what mm-hmm. I want to say. I don't even have the notes for the Ryder Cup. I kind of want to just read a few cool because some quotes I had. All right, what other stuff do we have? But the, I have it. I have it um, in the book. I have a timeline in the book, and I think it was in June. So okay. it, was, it was right in the peak of like you know the, the Tigers were starting to turn it around during the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Tiger. You know, it's the, so it, astounding it's, that all this stuff was happening. Yeah. So the Tigers were starting to turn around. You know, the, the May was when the um was when the uh the Tigers were in like last place as late as like middle of late liter, middle or late May, and they started to turn it around. And June was like you know there's the the fans were starting to go eight for the Tigers. Yeah. And so, you know, Hagen, you know, it's at that moment that, you know, Hagen's winning the Ryder Cup. And, you know, and it was really, you know, it was just, it was another story in the newspaper about another guy from Detroit, you know, right. contributing to something. And, and uh, you know, Hagen, it was like, he was the kind of guy when you're reading the newspapers, especially, you know, Hagen, as we've already seen here, this is a guy that like every, you know, he is, Every newspaper's got something going on with with Haig, you know. Yep. He's winning the British Open. He's winning his third straight British. You know, he's winning PGA Championships, the Western. I mean, he's in the papers like every day doing something, mm-hmm. winning some other tournament. As I'm saying, he was a main. He was a superstar of his era, and the fact that Detroit could could claim him, um, and that he in turn cl- claimed Detroit. Um, is just a, another trophy on a glittering mantle mm. of championships that will never be surpassed. And that's what I say. I say it in the books. This is not only the greatest season that ever has happened. It's the greatest season that ever will happen. Oh, because how can any if you were so if you're if a city, if a city was ever to try to like lay claim, that's why. And that's why I, and, and they did because it was Tampa Bay. Uh, came close, but the, but that's the thing. the thing. Did they but, really? But because they had the three teams. Yes, but there you go. But so they but had did the three. They, did they have the depth? That's what I'm saying. Like, did they have Where a boat their... racer? Did they have a yeah, golfer? Exactly. There did you they, go. Did they have the boxer? Did they have? Did they have all of these things? Did they exactly. have the junior hockey team yes. winning as well? Yeah. Did they? You know. That's what I'm trying to say. Is is if you want to go, if you want to compare this, this and this is that you are hitting exactly the nail that I was, you know, that I was hoping. This is what the nail wanted to hit with this idea, is that if any, like I got a call from when when Boston got close in, right, right. in the seventh game of the Stanley Cup, I got a call from a Boston Globe writer saying, "Do you have a comment about the City of Champions? Uh, you know, about Boston, you know, winning three championships?" And it's like. Here's the thing. Nice start. Congratu- yeah, nice start. Congratulate. <laughs> no, no, all you know. Good luck. You know, good luck, which didn't happen. But I'm like, good luck. But I'm like, but it doesn't. It doesn't take away from what Detroit did. There's nobody that can match what Detroit did in '35. Right. It's like how, you're like, well, how can you predict that no city will ever have a greater season than this? Well, look at it. Look at it. There's, if you yeah, win three no. championships, first of all, the, the the teams didn't just win three championships. They, it was their first championship in the same season. Yeah. All three is their first in the same season in the middle of the Great Depression. So the time that it happened, the people that that witnessed it needed it the most. Right. <laughs> like it was in the right. middle of the yes. worst economic crisis. Well, I, Detroit's I, I, the hardest hit city in the Great Depression, and they right. win three championships by their three teams, and there's the first for each team. Right. How do you so, match that? No, you can't. Well, I mean, but I, again, the magic of the the first, right? Yeah. Um, I I because I, I, that that is lost in history because. 
you know, it's it, lost. Yeah, you, know, you you can't. Well, because you can't. It, it, it's a lot of teams have won, so it's not going to be the first. So it's expand unless you have three expansion. Yeah. And you have three expansion teams. But, that, but it doesn't matter. In a city. It doesn't matter if they right. can't achieve that because that's what I'm trying to say. So is, is that, I mean, that's the that's only what, aspect of it. I'm devil going to devil advocate on. Well, but what I'm saying is right. that just because, but what yeah, I'm, yeah. But but what I'm saying is is that that is one of the reasons why it can never be duplicated or surpassed. Right, right. Because it happened. At, they it, all three teams won their first in the same season. Season. That alone, that statistic alone, that does it. Just you winning three championships does not even equal that because what you're because what you're doing is all three teams. What the be, like? Okay, imagine if the three Boston teams won this year. Yeah. The so the so okay, you've just at- achieved a statistical similarity with this as far as far as winning three championships. But at the, but here's the thing. What impact did those three championships have on your city? Well, it brought millions the very, of dollars. It did bring it. It's it would dollars. Bring, it, it's all. It would be well, dollars. It, it would be dollars. It would be dollars. And it would, it would, it would be, be. And that would be. That would be the thing. It would yes, be dollars. And it would also be like and a. Be, you know, and that's why it sucks. And it would also be pride of place. You'd be like, sure. the city would be able to claim, oh, we won the city champion three teams or whatever. Yeah. But here's the thing. But the impact of Detroit's three championships and the first championships for each team, what it did was, right. is that it established the Lions, who was only their second year in the city. Yeah. The Red Wings had changed their name three times in five years. Yeah. They were never established prior to this. And it made those three teams, especially the Tigers, were already an institution, but they were, you know, you could argue prior to 1934 that they were a failing franchise. Um, but it established all three teams as legitimate. Like the Lions, you know, this was the this was the fourth NFL team attempted, you know, by the NFL to bring in a team to Detroit. After the Lions, after they won their championship, they would never leave the city. They would never change their name. They would, to this day, even when the Lions are an absolute disaster of a team on the field, the fans are still selling out games. They mm-hmm. became an institution in the city after having won their first championship in the same year as the as the Tigers and, and of, of course the Red Wings they became these teams became institutions so the impact of those championships far surpasses what the impact would be today if if a, if a city won three random championships right. that's what i'm saying is the impact of them having done so in this year was you know was you know you know you can't just look at it just the statistical you have to look at the impact of these teams having done so and then of course if you want to move on beyond that if you're going to say in that same season, all right, let's say the, you know, like one would be, you know, say, oh, well, okay, well, you, you may, you know, whatever, that, you know, that, that I don't even care about the impact, you know, I'm with the statistical thing. You want yeah. to keep going. If you want to measure statistical, you know, back to what you were saying. So what, who are you going to put up against Joe Lewis? Right. No. Right. Yeah. So, you, uh. so what, what boxer are you going to put up against Joe? Or even, even spread it out to an MMA. Yeah, I mean, or what, 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 who? what, what physical, who is, what physical, hand to hand combat, but uh, sports. Is, but I'm just saying, you who, know, you, there's nobody. Who would you put up against a young Joe Lewis no. rising through the ranks? Mm-hmm. Nobody, no. nobody. As I'm saying, and then so besides that is, besides that, who are you going to put up against Gar Wood? No, no, no who? No. <laughs> nobody. No. He made a trophy irrelevant because of his dominance. Nobody right. wanted to pursue it anymore because the boats he was building. We're freaking we're rockets on water. There's nobody that could take on Garwood. Right. No speedboat. And even a modern day speed racer going, Well, I'm the best speedboat racer. We've got a speedboat racer. You're gonna put him against Garwood? Nope. You want us to go through the story again? You want us to read Garwood's story again and say <laughs> who you're gonna put him against him? No, you're not putting anybody against Garwood. Sure. And then if for as far okay, you, let's say you're you even find somebody to, to uh, some Red Bull boat racer that's gonna try to take on Garwood. 
Who are you going to put up against Walter Hagen? Right. Who? So you the, know, the, that's what I'm saying. The story goes on yeah. and on and on and on. Wait till we get to Newell Banks, the world champion, checkers champion. Oh, he's great. The yeah, the he played blindfolded. Yep. Who? So you let's say you match 32 championships across the board. No. Who are you going to put up against Newell Banks? I don't even know. Uh, the checkers champion, who is equally as good as chess. So is. 30... So I'm saying, what checkers champion you got to match with it? That's what I'm saying. This story, this season, will never be top. So is 30. Thirty-five. Uh, it was the fifth Ryder Cup. Yes, and uh, it was it was in September, and it happened in New Jersey. Yeah, because I think they played every couple. I think it's every two years. Yeah, it was in like September that. in nineteen thirty-five. September nineteen thirty-five. September, it was late September. Okay, was, I, I don't know why the, I drew. I thought it was in June. September. Yeah, okay, twenty twenty-eight, twenty-ninth in okay. September of thirty-five. So yeah, the Tigers were headed towards. They were right about wrapping up the uh, the the uh, the American League at that point. Yeah. So it was Ridgewood uh, Country Club in uh, Paramus, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. So. New Jersey. Yeah. You're on but the so Jersey the, side so the Tigers, of the cesspool so now, So right at, that, right at that point, the Tigers – let me hold on. I got a picture to throw in. Yeah. I got a picture to throw in. Um, right. Man, I wish I should have put this in before. Yeah, I don't even have it with it's, me. Uh, it's all good. We will um, – I, I have it in my notes and didn't even we'll, include it. We'll put it, it in post. So we, what it is – okay, we'll, we'll – really, or how about no, this? We'll, said that. we'll bring it in when we're talking about the Tigers. <laughs> because what it is, it's a picture of Walter Hagen in a Detroit Tigers jersey. Oh, love it. Yes. And not, I've got several pictures of him. One, he's taking batting practice with the 35 Tigers. That's great. And then another one, he's, he's 42 years old at this point. Yeah, he's dude. He could. I mean, he's he's a, he could he could hit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so he hit with he almost got. He a wanted to play baseball. Phillies. He wanted to. He wanted to yeah. play baseball. So so anyways, he's got. So we got. I got a, these great pictures. I should have put in with the files. I didn't. You know, I've been busy with the Christmas thing, so I he, just didn't. He thought have about. It. He thought about baseball. Yeah, for a but bit. I've got a pictures of him. He's wearing. He was at spring training with the Tigers, man. Oh, he was okay. at spring training with the Tigers. Hagen was, and he was rocking a Detroit Tigers jersey. Not even just a jersey, the uniform, dude. Yeah. He has a. There's a picture of him with a baseball bat, and he's about to tee off a baseball off of some guy's shoe, <laughs> and like he's holding a base in a Tiger jersey. He's about That's to great. tee off with a baseball. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't have it with me. We'll put it. Yeah, we, yeah, I yeah, promise yeah. We'll, you. We'll, I have. We'll I have it that. in my notes to include. And so we'll include it. But um, I was just trying to get section. into thirty-five and, and and Walter, yeah, uh, and how they did on the how they did on that cup. They they uh, they stomped on the British nine to three. Yeah, whatever so that's that means. What I'm saying. It was a it was a rampage, and Hagen and, was a central and they, figure. They won that. They didn't lose again. Uh, so they won that one, and they did not lose again until 1957. So it was 35. It was all the way to 57 before hey, England were taking again. over, man. It, 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 it was very, very, very dominant. So I got a couple of quotes I want to read. I want to read one. This yeah. is like from, I think this is from 1933. And it's just an awesome quote. And it's this, it's a Statue of Liberty picture I sent you. Yeah. Um, it's okay. because I've got, I've got a three, I've got three quotes I want to read. I've got a quote about this incredible like Statue of Liberty party they had. Okay. Oh. And then I've got another quote from The Hague himself. He's in retirement, and he's talking about what his life is like in Traverse City. All right. And I've got a third quote, which is about it's a it's the writer of the book that we've cited so much of this yeah, wonderful yeah, book. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Hagen. and and she is talking about what it was like to know Hagen while oh. he was working on this book. So I I would I would you know after hearing all these stories it would have been an honor to meet this man. Oh my God, absolutely. Uh, Tom Tom I think Tom said he met Joe Lewis in Caesar's Palace. <sighs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I envy yeah. Tom because uh, Tom's like, yeah. yeah, I met Joe Lewis. I'm like, I was just watching, what was that like? I was just you know? watching the interview I did with his son JoJo at his restaurant, and I was like, I, I felt I was like Big Cheese talking to JoJo. 
<laughs> yeah, well, but what I'm saying is that, you know, but imagine meeting these, you know, we've spent so much time talking, you know, yeah. talking about these yeah, guys. Yeah. It would be just the, the greatest honor just to say, hey, man, that's, I met doubt. Walter Hagen. Without you know? a doubt. So, um, so anyways, so, so that, like I say, this first quote is about this, uh, this incredible Statue of Liberty party, man. Um, Statue of Liberty play? Statue of Liberty, I have many of my notes, parting <laughs> at the Statue of Liberty. That's why we have the Statue of Liberty picture, because yeah, this is like cool life an magazine image. Photo yeah. Over, yeah. So, um, let me see here, which just starts here. Um, so, um, all right, so, so, all right, so this is, so it does, it takes, so in 1933, so, um, so it's just kind of funny where he says right here, he says, the cash I collected through these years, he's talking about late 20s, early 19, 1930s, he says, the cash I collected through these years went, went almost before I had a chance to check its color. Mm. So he's talking about once again how he spent money, sure, and, he, yeah, and, and, he does. and it was only really doing this these shows where the you know the title of the book, which is "I Never Wanted to Be a Millionaire, I Just Wanted to Live Like One." I never really understood. I mean, I I thought it was kind of a quirky quote. I thought yeah. it was funny, but I never really understood its meaning until like really this show and walking, you know, going through this, you know, taking our this kind of this deep dive, slow roll through this Hagen story, where we've already seen so many examples of it where. He didn't want to be a millionaire. He just wanted to live like one. And my God, did he achieve that goal? Oh yeah. Because he was never really a millionaire, but he might. Did he live? This guy lived like the, a hog in a fat house. Oh yeah. He yeah. spent money. And he says right here, this is kind of like an ode to that. He's like the cash I collected went almost before I had a chance to check its color. <laughs> so he's just blowing money. So th- this is the great story. I love this story. For instance, in 1933, I'd taken my son, Walter Jr., across with me, meaning across to Britain. Since we traveled on one passport, he had flown across the channel to Paris with Douglas Fairbanks Sr. Nice traveling companion, Douglas Fairbanks, one of the biggest Hollywood stars in the world. Yeah. So while I finished some partying in London, the pilot brought brought back my passport on his return trip. I then joined Doug and Jr. for some visits to the gay resorts in and around Paris. And so uh, we finally sailed for home on the USS <laughs> Man. Gay men a little bit different, I think, back then. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. I'm, I'm 12. I giggle. Okay. All right, go so, um, so we finally settled home for the USS Man on the USS Manhattan. Coming into New York, the captain informed us we'd stop at the Statue of Liberty through the night because of the heavy fog. This sounded ideal for me, and I immediately hired the orchestra for an all-night stand. <laughs> I separated the teenagers, Junior, the Quentin Roosevelt boys, and their friends from the adults. On the teenage side, Cokes and hot dogs were served with astonishing rapidity, while on our adult side, champagne cases were emptied with equal ease. Ugh. The pursuer had agreed to give me credit for all filled cases of the bubbly we had left. I had, I had, I, I had few to return for credit. So few, I had to take care of my crew upon docking with $25 that Junior had won on deck races. <laughs> he was broke by the time he got to shore. Uh, Thank God his son had won some money on these get deck races, and he could borrow my 25 the bucks. Cock, the cockroach races on yeah. deck. Yeah, so he'd won, he was broke from the party he threw at the Statue of Liberty. After all the service tips to Red Caps had been shelled out, my cab had to wait outside the hotel until I could – pick up fast cash for the fare. He didn't even have money for the cab fare. Our party settled down in the hotel, and I called the desk to send up a couple of hundred dollars to be charged to my bill. 
Meantime, Bob Har- Harlow, his business manager, arranged the usual exhibition circuit so our cavalcade could get on the road again and start filling our suitcase with cash from the gate receipts. So he had to get back on the road and make some cash because he blew it, you know, on this Statue of Liberty party. Yeah, he brought out the orchestra, and there's and he goes on in, in ensuing pages talking about this orchestra. Now, that, was, now that's a Statue of Liberty yeah, play for sure. Yeah. He talks about, and the book is great. You know, there's so much more depth to it. He talks about all this, how this orchestra, like he, there's, he's got these stories that, um, he says right here, and he says, in fact, he talks about the, um, uh, so, um, how that how that orchestra came to Detroit to play. Like he's got this connection with this orchestra that, like, whenever he called them, they came out to play in this. So he's, you know, he to play wherever he's at. Um, so, so he says, like he said, uh, Abe Lyman and his orchestra. In fact, it was Abe's orchestra I had hired for that all-night party in USS Manhattan. Some years later, Abe came to Detroit and played at the Oriole Terrace on East Grand Boulevard following his performance at the Cass Theater in Good News. So, like, you know, I invited a group of friends up to my suite at the Book Cadillac for cocktails and a dinner and dancing Book later Cadillac. at the Terrace to Abe's music. So, he's, you know, he's got this orchestra on standby that's ready to, you know, come to whatever party he's throwing. Is that Abe Froman, the uh, sausage king of New Jersey? I don't think so. It says it's uh, Abe uh, Abe Lyman. So, close. That's, that's close. That's Fier- yeah. Ferris Bueller. I, no, I get you. Right, I, actually, I didn't. I forgot what movie reference that was. Oh, but, uh, is it? Was it uh, Abe Froman? Is that what uh, Was it from that? I was thinking. It's Ferris Bueller. I was thinking. Uh, was that's it? Ferris okay. Bueller. Okay. He's like, it's that's Abe Froman, the the sausage baron of <laughs> New York. That's an obscure fact. <laughs> but uh, I live my life through movie quotes and song lyrics. I do right. similar. I just uh, I right. think I have a couple different quotes in movies. And than sometimes you I get them right. Well, you you seem to nail the ones you you pick and choose from. So, what did I? Oh my god! I in in class today. I was like I was, I was like. I, I was I was sending a, a jump drive, a, a little a thumb drive to uh, another teacher to review. So it's like, hey, I put this file on here for you. Check it. I was gonna have a kid take it down, and I'm like, hey, who has you know this teacher next block or you know can run down there for me? And he's like, oh, I'll take it. And, so, and I walk up to these two kids. And so the one kid that said they'd take it down, and she's like, I'll take it. Down. You know, I'm like, all right, cool. And I, and I hold it up. I'm like, see this watch? <laughs> and the kid next to her just. Bust up dying, right? It's a pulp fiction. Oh, yeah, I got so, you. Yeah. See this watch? And it was so, it was, you know, it's like. Did you, did you go in any more detail? I had this, this, and he's just crying. Damn. Laughing so hard. She's like, what? I go, it's it's a, it's a an obscure movie quote about. Yeah, but it's one of the greatest go, quotes of all time, go, man. It's, it's not a watch. And I go, and I don't do a good Christopher Walken impersonation. So I go, it's all lost. And he's just, he's laughing harder and harder. Well, anybody that's seen that. As I go. Anybody that's watched that scene can know that that was like, that came out of nowhere in that movie too, man. You're like, whoa. <laughs> You see this watch? <laughs> yeah. This was your father's watch. <laughs> and he talked about how we, yeah. He asked was... me to hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. There's only one place I had a watch. Anyway, so I didn't go through all that. I just said, see this watch? And this kid is just dying. Damn, and he caught like, the movie reference right off the oh, bat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's and I'm like, and everybody else is like, why he's laughing his butt off. And they're like, what's so funny? I go, because I, I live my life through movie quotes and sound quotes. Movie, movie quotes and sound lyrics. It's like. Uh and yeah so anyhow no, I get, no, digression no I no that's I get it man that's I, so it's, it's 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 tough not I mean as you see watch so many movies there's so many pop cultural references yeah. and that's a good one though that's I love that so, watch we admit it's uh, um but Walter so, so that's so city that, of champions so, so Matt so I mean like this is this is Hagen <laughs> like the captain of the ship wants to stop at the Statue yeah, of Liberty yeah yeah Hagen's like well let me bring the orchestra can I at least bring the orchestra over. <laughs> 
You know, and he empties his I coffers. God, I love him. I know that's what I'm saying. He, he's, he's hey, can we just can we just bring the band? He's a legend. And when you hear of like Babe, you know, like you hear stories like with Babe Ruth. You know, Babe Ruth is partying at all these spots. But like when you hear about the types of parties that Hagen throws, like these are, mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of just gave a brief synopsis there where um, Hagen is. You know he's on the he's on the top floor of the book Cadillac and some suite and they bring the orchestra up there to play. Yep. You know, oh. like these parties wherever he's at turn into these just like a like you're having a bangers a, a bangers <laughs> out of exactly out of nowhere. <laughs> and so anyway, so that's that's that one. So that so the next one I want to read is yep. a quote about from Hagen himself, and this is him in um, Traverse City from the Hague. From his yeah. book, this yeah. comes out. Of, of course, yeah, yeah all of them. Have. We were, we've just been going straight to the original source. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so this is Hagen. This is him in retirement. I don't know how old he was, but he's basically writing this book, and he's just talking about his life here. Wax and nostalgic. Yeah, wax and nostalgic. So he says, uh, "In all my wandering around the globe, I never really owned a home. This, my first, is situated on a knoll facing west on Long Lake near Traverse City, Michigan." Mm. His first home he ever owned is in is in Traverse City, Michigan. He was a transient before then. Exactly. This yeah. is the first home he's ever owned. And he, so he says he's describing what it's like, what his home is. He says, my picture windows look out on the silvery blue water across the island some half mile distant. To the north, 100 yards to the trees and the knee-high broadleaf ferns, my guest cottage gleams white and inviting at the head of the steps leading to the dock walk. 150 yards out into the lake, the dock beckons hospitably with its easy chairs and umbrella-shaded tables. From the dock, my eyes can take in the, the door me, rocking at easily at anchor nearby. The American flag flying proudly from the flagpole on the hill. The sun is shining and the cool breeze from the lake makes just being alive a luxury. Mm. My, my Hawaiian shirt, bright with flame, gold, and woodsy green, harmonizes with my golf slacks. He's got to throw in his outfit. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, I think Walter's ha- channeling me a little bit here. But he's, but he's always got to talk about his outfit. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, like, sure. But sure. It's, it kind of reminds me. It went me to of, the slacks. It was fine until you got to the slacks. But, you know, but it, it reminds me of, like, on uh, Seinfeld, where the guy's always, where the, where the Mr. What is it, Mr. Putty? Not Mr. Putty. It's, it's the other guy that's always, like, the, he writes for the catalog. You know, he's like the adventurous guy. I don't know if you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was always, he's always like, yep, I was yep. sitting there one day watching a lion, and I was wearing my, you know, my hat, my my safari hat, <laughs> decked out with with subtle textures of green and tech cloth. You know, what I mean, he's like, he's like, right, he's almost like he's right, talking right, right, like right. he's writing for a catalog because he was because that guy yeah, was always right. But that's how Hagen is. He's like. The American flag flying proudly in the flagpole on the hill. The sun is shining. The, the cool breeze from the lake makes for just being alive a luxury. My Hawaiian shirt, bright with flame, gold, and woodsy green, harmonizes with my golf slacks. <laughs> I'm with my golf slacks. <laughs> like, he's just like, he's like writing. But he, we've noticed this throughout the whole oh, course. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, yeah. he, he remembers his story through the outfits what was that, I he wearing? Once, that he wore. <laughs> yes. And so that's the Hague, you see? My hair is about half and half, as the saying goes, but it's still holding its own. So he's mm. like kind of bawling a little bit. He's like, it's still holding its own. Right. So, he, so he says, I still hold close to my heart the wonderful memories of the cheers and the applause, mm. what sweet sounds they made. Now instead of counting strokes on each hole, I count the tall, slender white birches, the spruce, the hemlock, the maples, and the cedars on my acres at Long Lake, the 19th hole on the Hague's course. And I am keeping places ready around the table for many friends. An inviting, hospitable, relaxing 19th hole for those who might stray my way to kibitz. Uh, so he's so this is him in, this is him in retirement. Some folks, he's got a man. guest house. You come up to see the Hague, you know? Could you imagine that? That's <laughs> why I talk about my golf game, and it's like, it's not counting the strokes. It's like, I get my money's worth because I get to hit it a lot. 
There you go. <laughs> Extra golf. As I much get, golf I get as a lot. I hit, it, I hit it a whole bunch of times. As much golf as you want to play. You know what? It's uh, it's a gorgeous thing, man. Yeah. My mom is 90, and uh, she's down in, in Florida, and uh, I'm going to be down there for Christmas. We're going to go golfing. Awesome. I'm going to take her out. That's I'm awesome, gonna let man. Her, I'm going to let her knock a couple around. That's awesome, man. So, you know, so we'll do a little scramble. That's She'll awesome. hit it, I'll hit it, and then we'll hit from my foot. That's was awesome. I, actually, last week, I was two years ago, so she was 88. Uh, and and it's like we put in, in her little community she lives in. She's got a little par, par three golf course. Par, yeah, cool. And uh, like two of the holes, her balls were better. We played off hers. That's awesome. <laughs> she's She's got 88, it. 88, man. Yeah, That's she's great. 90 now. Are you going to take so. your Hagen Club with you? Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, but, That's uh, awesome. But uh, So that, that was, as, as, as you were reading that, and he was saying, "I'm not counting the strokes. I'm counting the birch trees. Yeah, just uh, that's it, man. That's just that's that hanging with my mom. I'm like, oh, she's like, she's so shouldn't know I'm going to take her because uh, she's really li- actually she's in assisted living now, uh, and my sister is living in, in her place with yeah. the, with the par three uh, to be closer to her." Um, and so she's down there, so we still have access to the course, and so we'll, well maybe go. And her clubs are still there, so maybe unbeknownst we'll to you, she's out there practicing for no, for like those games no, you guys play, and she no, she astonishes. We got to get her out on a furlough for that shit. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> she's playing bocce ball like a mother at the at the, the, the where where she's at. Yeah, you got to stay active, man. So, but, yeah. Anyhow, but yeah, just that as you're reading that, I was like totally was like, oh man. Well, it's got it's some sense. It's poetic, you know. Yeah, Hagen, he's like. And he's like, for, for those random friends of mine that might stray my way, you know. He's, so he had it. Like, well, we keep referencing the book, and, and if people watch it on Facebook or YouTube, uh, Walter Hagen, the story, and we put the cover. It's a up tremendous a lot. book, and we've covered, we've talked, we've taken a lot of nuggets from this book. But uh, it, so he had, a, like, he had an editor and a, a, a co-writer. What and, and so who is yeah. that, right? Yeah, so it, I think it's a she. Cause, yeah, uh, you said you had a quote a, from her, right? Yeah, so um, as told, yep, as told to Margaret Seton Heck. All right. And do we have a picture with him with those girls on that um, on that <laughs> on that boat uh, picture? I gotta get to it. If not, I've got. I can kind of show it to the camera here. It's this incredible picture. He's like, this is me. Um, this he's like, this is me getting ready for this book, and he's like sitting there with all these pretty girls. I love it, and he's because yeah. it's a picture of him in retirement with these girls. Hanging uh, out of this boat. Let me see. I, I can show it up to the camera here. But I, I thought you. Re- I thought you had like words. There's from one more the quote. I, I do. I want to show this picture. This is great because it it shows Hagen retirement and it's such a great little photo of him. Um, where is this? Uh, I have the. That's a bunch of dudes. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It's, That's it's, a bunch of dudes on the boat. It's a great picture because he's like, it's, it's a picture of him on this like pontoon boat, and he's like, yeah, this nah. is me. He's like taking a moment to. Oh, here it is right here. It's right in the. It's a very first picture. So I'm gonna show. I'll just show this up to this camera right here. All so right. the so the quote is a typical scene showing me in Cadillac, Michigan, in the throes of literary composition. Let's not be in a hurry to start this book. There's plenty of time. So I'm gonna show. This is that quote. This is the quote with that picture. Look at this. Oh, all right. So I'll show There's you. There's a cavalcade of ladies there with him. Yeah. Yeah. So he, this is him in retirement. Yeah. <laughs> he goes. He's like, he's, he's like, let's, you know, he's pretty girls. He's like, hey, I'm the Hague, you know, that's what I do. Hey, I'm the Hague, that's what I do. <laughs> They're like, hey, Hague, you know. Oh, man. So anyway, so this is the, this is, so this, the last little quote I want to read here is. The woman who helped him write the book. This is the woman who helped him write the book, and this is her knowing Hagen, and this is her sort of like a, this is really the final couple pages. Well, like I said, I would, I would have been honored to sit down and talk to this guy. Absolutely. And just, just. Could you uh, imagine this, this, this girl's story. writing this story going, my God, man. Like, I mean, it, it, there's people there, I mean, there's like, because I, in 
the rock and roll scene in Detroit. You know, I know a lot of the, you know, relatively famous and completely famous, you know, spent rockers in and out of Detroit. And it's so cool to sit down and talk with these guys. Uh, and, 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 and I can imagine sitting down with Walter with how colorful he is. And this has been, but I wonder how much she actually knew about him before she started writing this story. <laughs> because when she's like, it's a little salacious for the time. Well, it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, talks funny. About women it's, stuff, it's funny yeah. and it's funny and fine now, but for then in the, yeah. in the culture, it was, it was, yeah, that's pretty salacious. But for, her, but for her, when she's writing this book, yeah. you know, she, he's telling her about the history. She's like. You know, I mean, there's so much stuff we didn't cover, like him, mm-hmm. like when he's like going to Japan and he's like, you know, meeting like he's going to India and meeting like Mahar- like golfing with Maharajas. And uh, I mean, he's golfing it. with the, you know, like with the Prince of Wales. Like it's like his regular frequent. He's like his friend and stuff. I mean, like <laughs> there's so much that I mean, it's like she's just sitting there going, my God, man. Like so that's what this is like a little bit of a her. Like, all right, little, what's her take uh, you know, on this? This is sort of like her take. She, so she says. Um, so to the Hague, there are no intruders on his time, just welcome interruptions. He believes firmly in never doing today what could be put off until three weeks from today. <laughs> he is undoubtedly the world's greatest procrastinator. During the years we have worked on his book, he has never failed to during, hold on, during the years we have worked on his book. So this is not just like she sat down and was just typing his words away during the years. It took several years for him to recount this story. And for her to compile it. So because he's, she said she calls him right off the bat. He is the undoubtedly the world's greatest procrastinator. So you can imagine she'd come up there yeah. and he's like, eh, what's oh, the rush? Let's get around in. That's the rush. Let's, let's, let's go, go hang, Let's take the boat out for a little bit. There's pretty <laughs> girls over here want to hang out. You know? <laughs> so during the years we have worked on his book, he, is, he has never failed to leave his, his desk at the first sound of a turning doorknob. There have been many days when we work for 20 minutes and entertain his friends and admirers for four hours. <laughs> so they work for 20 minutes and you then know, just get up. But that's when some of those stories probably come out. Yeah, yeah. It, well, that, that too, because yeah. they're just reminiscing and yeah. she's sitting there in the background taking notes. So, so yeah, but she's sitting there going. You know, Expand for, on this story for yeah. me. Expand on this story yeah. for me. I like it. Every visitor invariably begins his conversation with, Walter, tell me about the time. And he will relate each incident with zest and enjoyment no matter how many times he has told it. He has the memory of a proverbial elephant and the grace of a large gazelle as he acts out the story. Yet with all his delight in good talk and friendly argument, he is a wonderful audience for an interesting guest. Anyone who has ever met him knows him for life. When these friends hit Detroit or Traverse City, the first telephone they ring is Walter's. At noon, he may get a call from a retired heavyweight champion and an hour later from a Chicago policeman he met years earlier who wants to go hunting or fishing with him. His tact, his generosity, his infallible courtesy and kindness allow no awkward situations to arise in his presence. Take, for instance, the young man dining with his best girl in a Midwestern City nightclub who called out as the Hague neared his table. Hello, Walter. How are you? Walter paused by the table, shook hands warmly, and asked, And have you corrected that slice yet? He told friends later that he had not known the young fellow, but I've been in a similar spot when I wanted to impress my girl. And you, and you never let a nice fellow, nice young fellow down. Nice. So we didn't even know the guy. Yeah. And he's like, hey, well buddy, you know, you ever, how's your slice doing? So you know, it just, I mean, that's, that's solid, man. You're, yeah. doing, you're, you're doing a guy a solid. So he, has a, he, has, he has a horror of being sold something. He turns skeptical eye and a doubling ear on any long-winded sales talk. But he makes an immediate purchase when he happens upon a product which strikes his fancy. He bought an expensive raincoat last fall like, like one which was left in his Cadillac by mistake. 
Someone sent him a particularly delicious baked ham, and he ordered a half dozen as gifts for friends kibitzing <laughs> with him several weeks later. Walter Hagen is possessed of tolerance, as he often exasperates, exasperating patience and a sound German stubbornness. His keen sense of humor makes him a great tease and joker. <clears throat> his attention to detail remains as constantly fastidious as when he selected his first cashmere sweaters and his famed fleecy coats. Beautifully monog- monogrammed shirt, Paisley ascots, handcrafted shoes, custom-tailored suits in the same browns, gray, or blue. The Walter Hagen of yesterday and today. A wonderful and hospitable host. The Hague who likes to dine shortly before midnight on a thick steak and chef salad. And one sunny afternoon in the summer, he cut a pretty fancy Charleston on the boardwalk near his boat dock. He even boasts a smart slalom, but to date he has not demonstrated this skill. Football and baseball on television broke up many an afternoon of our collaboration. He is greatly interested in the promising young golfers coming up and always ready to give of his experience and skill to help them along. Let, letters come to him from all over the world requesting his autograph and reminding him of shots he played in various tournaments or matches. The name of Walter Hagen, the brilliance of his golf history, are, are, as, are as awe-inspiring to people meeting him for the first time today as they were to the devoted galleries trailing him around the courses in his championship days. Others stride the fairways, the eager and the skilled, seeking the elusive crown of golfdom, but only the Hague had the personality to wear it, combined with the forceful persistence to win it. I thought it was a nice little tribute to him. Yeah. It's, it's, <clears throat> so even in his later years, it's just uh, people revered him. They, he was a friggin' legend. And, and uh, he was just, ah. I want to hang out with this dude. I know. And that spoke, is a cat. I one of my with. one of my favorite sort of lines where she says right here was is where she says, um, she says the name of Walter Hagen, the brilliance of his golf history are as awe inspiring to people meeting him for the first time today, as they were to the devoted galleys trailing him around the course in his championship days. And I think that's that right there. You know, I'll read it one more time. The you know the brilliance of his golf history are as awe inspiring to people meeting him for the first time today. Like as though, so like you know, people that might be listening to the show, this might be the first time you've ever been exposed to Walter Hagen. Yeah, sure. You know, and the, to me, honestly, I, I wrote there about a whis- him. There was a whisper <clears throat> in a movie about him. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah, that, and, that, 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 well, the greatest game ever played. Yeah, and the, honestly, when I, you know, I wrote about that's him. That's a the, real person. I wrote about okay. him in the book, but you know, having you know, this is like you know, whenever you go through something a second time or third time, and you actually get to talk about it and bring it out and talk with you, Jamie, about him. You know, like you know, we're we're experiencing Hagen right like ourselves, like like she's saying right here. For those that are exposed to him today, he is as awe-inspiring today. As we talk about him on this show today, we are awe-inspired today. Her words ring true. As those who were who were trailing him in, the, in his championship days. So it's not just us gilding the lily of yesterday going, sure. building up something that was maybe you know a good or great or thing like this. She's she's absolutely correct. We are as awe inspired on this show as listening to him, you know, and talking about him today as those who saw him in his abs in his actual glory of his championship days. And that's I think a, a fitting tribute to him. I, I do, and I, I hope people because he is awe inspiring. I'm inspired. I'm awe inspired by him. The ah, guy's a freaking legend. Yeah. We are the biggest. Well, I'm the biggest Walter Hagen fan on the planet, man. I, I maybe gotta, second gotta, only. Gotta, Jamie, maybe maybe Jamie's you know that's right it, there it's too. A me and Shia LaBeouf. That's it. That's uh. That's, Yes, yeah. I think we can officially say that we are 
that this show <clears throat> is you- the biggest Walter Hagen fans. <laughs> we are the biggest Walter Hagen fanboys <laughs> on is. the internet. I was sitting here, if people watching the video, I'm clutching the the club, yeah, the you got, wood shaft. Club but I'm saying, like, it, name another show out there that is. I'm as, putting with this. this name year. another show out there that can claim to be bigger Walter Hagen fans no. than we. We are <laughs> I know, diehards. I, I dude. think. I think we got. We I might. We one of us may end up getting a Walter Hagen tattoo. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll save that for a future show. Uh, oh, yeah, City of Detroit <laughs> champions tattoo. Hey man, I had a I had a crazy night last night. I woke up with this Walter Hagen might, sign on my arm. I might. Tattoo. I might end up with that. <laughs> the blazing uh, as a tattoo. I really it's might. A sweet, yeah, it's a I sweet really graphic, might. man. Really might. All right, so um, thank you for listening and, and joining us. Um, like, subscribe, leave a comment, all those podcast things and all the podcast places. We appreciate you joining the party and, and being here. And uh, tell a couple people. That's cool. And it concludes. Uh, I just want to mention this. It concludes comments. our coverage of Walter Hagen. All right. <clears throat> and any future conversation that or any discussion with Walter Hagen you know, we're sliding Walter, but this is not the last we'll ever talk oh, about no, him no, because no. Hagen slides into the story. You know, Hagen, you know, Hagen is a part I'll of the story. Back. Yes, he will make appearances. <laughs> He's going to be wearing a Tiger jersey when yeah. we're talking about the Tigers I in like the new that. year. I like that. Uh, so lots of stuff, lots, lots more to come. Uh, we got, uh, just, we got our big we'll, event we'll coming this. up. Portsmouth coming for you. That's yes, it. That's, we have, we're leaving it at that. For our listeners, we have a bit the huge show in Portsmouth. This is going to be an awesome show. We might Portsmouth. get some footage going to looking at the stadium. We got we're going Coming to look at the, we're going to look at the stadium. We're broadcasting in a, in a bar, but the bar is owned by the original <laughs> by the grandson of the original owners of the Portsmouth Spartans. Broadcasting in the bar, what could go wrong? <clears throat> I don't. We'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> we got a great spot to broadcast. I mean, this is it's yeah, going to be. A, this is, is like an, a, this is an, a, this is the this is the biggest event we've had on the show so far. And if you uh, we'll uh, Detroit City of Champions, there's a uh, Tom uh, might be on the show too. Tom's yep. going to be down there. So we got. So for those of you that remember that, that missed Tom, we missed Tom, and we're going to be seeing Tom down there. Tom, you know, Tom's going to make an appearance. So yeah, it'll be cool. Uh, wearingfunny.com. You can get yourself a, a t-shirt, and uh, it's a cool. The, the, I, I love this blaze on the shirts. Bad. The shirts awesome. The stickers it's, are cool. Here's the, here's the stickers we got here. The stickers are awesome. Yeah, you got these so, buttons. The buttons are. I think the buttons are as I just stuck myself with that one. Um, that the uh, but the buttons are awesome too. Yeah, but wearing yeah, there's buttons. The buttons are cool. Uh, the t-shirts. Wearingfunny.com is where you can get your hands on uh, the swag for that. If you're a pet parent, you can uh, get cool pet stuff on there. Uh, DetroitCityOfChampions.com. You can find out about where to get the book, get it shipped to, get it shipped to you, and uh, where to find it if you're local in the Metro Detroit area. And then uh, yeah, just uh, and again. Just leave a comment. Put a little thumbs up on uh, where you're listening. Yeah, every and thumbs that up, every share helps. Just we're, put know, a little, put a little smiley face there because uh, you know we're having fun doing it, and uh, just glad to hear that you're enjoying the party. So, Charles, thank you uh, all the amazing work that you do. And I thank and you, as I done. said even before the show today, Jamie. I, we, went show, the, we We hung out. You, you we hung out for a good uh, forty five minutes an hour before we hit I know. play. But, uh, but I'm saying, like, and I said to you before the show even started, I said it again. 
I, this show would not, you know, we talk about the, you know, like, oh, I got the story. I've been, you know, working on this stuff. But at the same time, Jamie, your expertise and actually I love the story. putting the show out on the internet, I doing can't. the microphones, doing the studio, keeping this place going. There's this show would not be possible without you. And, I, and as such, like I say, it's, you know, I think we're, we make a pretty good team. To bro. use like a double, triple negative, I can't not tell this story. I know. It's, 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 I just, I get excited. I'm, I'm excited about this it. The thing about I, the I City like... of Champions story is, is that once you've been bit by the bug of this story, you just there. It's you can't look away, and, and that's, that's what we were. We were we were kibitzing before the show started nice about use of the word and, kibitz. And I'm like, <laughs> are we taking too long? Are we like, because we've we, you know, are we like, because we would blast it through when we started. We went through the Tigers really quickly. Oh yeah, but we Lions, the Red Wings, Joe, Gar, and now Walter really like took our time with them. Long form, yeah. And you know, hey, the internet's not got to run out of space. And the other thing was we're, uh, we're, we're probably going to do some shorts in the new year, some yeah. shorts that are you know, kind of focused for like the short attention spans. But and we're talking about doing that. But at the same time, like the long form, we love it because we can dive into this stuff. You know, we like, can talk about some of the details. Yep. We can read some stories. I mean, some of the I mean, look at the stories we've extracted from Gar Wood and Walter Hagen and Joe Lewis. And I mean, there's just some of these. If I we mean, if we like, cut even stuff if you're not out, even like a di- even if you're not a sports fan, they're great stories. It, if know? we cut stuff out, it would be the things that we're critical about that is not given enough attention. Exactly. So thank you for being with us and giving the attention, and we're gonna do it again, real real soon. Well, until you skip to the next episode here on Detroit, the City of Champions podcast.